gentlemen seven o'clock on a saturday night and as usual that means it's time for the other podcast i'm your host robert stacy mccain and i'm not hello folks it's john hoke here the other guy on the other podcast and uh, i see that diana has joined us from exotic valdosta <sighs> yes yes i have <laughs> <laughs> well, how was uh, how was uh, Tropical Storm Nicole this week? Um, well, we had some we had a lot of rain, but most of it was kind of gentle. There was some wind, nothing really special. But I live in a house that looks at that uh, that's been here for over a hundred years, about one hundred and twenty-five. It kind of crosses its arms, taps its foot, taps its foot, and says, "Yeah." that all you got? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like the place we had when we lived in Orange County. We bought mm -hmm. it because it had been built before, two years before the Long Beach earthquake and had absolutely no signs of it. Had any yeah. <laughs> well, uh, uh, folks, you can find my good friend John Hogue's work at hoguash.com. And Stacy has been known to lurk about the interwebs on theotherrecane.com and the and several other fine spots around the interwebs. Look for them. It's good stuff, folks. All right. Well, oh, I tell okay, you what, stay, it, stay, it stay, has stay. been an exciting day in college football. Ooh. And uh, uh, the number ninth-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide just got the ball back, uh, <laughs> leading 30-24 to 24 over the Ole Miss Rebels with 46 seconds left. So, it looks like uh, the Crimson Tide is going to uh, hang on uh, for victory. But uh, speaking of victory, uh, today there was some uh, big news for uh, uh, the number 24th ranked uh, Kentucky Wildcats uh, lost a home game. Uh, uh, gosh, I wonder who that was. Uh Gee, Stacy, why don't you look it up and see? Yeah. Yes, that was Vanderbilt, 24. <laughs> I made him say it. <laughs> uh, Kentucky, 21. Uh, this was the first time in 26 outings uh, that Vanderbilt had beaten an SEC conference opponent. I think so. the last team we beat uh, in – the, the SEC was Missouri. Yeah, yeah. John, then, were you giddy? Have you been? <laughs> have you been like doing embarrassing things, like dancing around and pumping your fists in the air? <laughs> no, I've just been smiling at Stacy. Yeah, <laughs> John is a happy boy. And other college football news in the fourth quarter: um, uh, North Carolina State, ranked sixteenth, uh, leads Boston College twenty to fourteen. 
Also in the fourth quarter, uh, number 22-ranked uh, University of Central Florida is 38-24 over the 17th-ranked Tulane Green Wave. Every time I see Tulane, I remember that that was uh, Andrew Breitbart's alma mater. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he went to college. Uh, at, he went to college just after they had raised the drinking age. You know the national drinking age, but mm-hmm. they hadn't raised the drinking age. Louisiana refused to go along for a few years, so he went to Tulane. Uh, yep. A boy from Southern California. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see some other scores uh, around the country. Uh, number tenth ranked Clemson, nine and one. Uh, defeated Louisville in an ACC game, 31-16. to 16. Uh, In the Big Ten, it was Penn State, 30, Maryland, 0. Uh, number two-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes, 56, Indiana, 14. Number three-ranked Michigan, uh, 34, Nebraska, 3. Boy, that's a blowout. Speaking of blowouts, number five, Tennessee, 66 to 24 over Missouri. At My, I have a friend who will be very happy about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, the number seventh ranked LSU Tigers knocked off uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks by a score of 13 to 10. Uh, 20th ranked Notre Dame, 35 to 32 over Navy. Uh, so, so that's uh, uh, kind of going to be rough for uh, my good friend Smitty, who's a Navy man. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, Purdue uh, defeated number 21 ranked Illinois, 31 to 24, and. Uh, there was a Friday game in which USC, ranked number eight, defeated Colorado 55-17. to 17. And in a little bit, we'll be kicking off a few more games uh, with, uh, I believe, hang on a second here. Let me see. Yes. Oh, we have just kicked off. Uh, Georgia is playing at, at um, Starkville. Is that what it is? Starkville, Mississippi. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, playing Mississippi State. So the number one-ranked uh, Georgia Bulldogs are playing tonight. Well, that's mm-hmm. the uh, college football scoreboard. Uh, speaking of other disappointing results. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a post up uh, the morning after called The Good, mm-hmm. The Bad, and The Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, after the election which really kind of didn't follow the way the polling suggested it might. Uh, it turns out there were a few good races, though. Uh, mm-hmm. My favorite was Florida won. Uh, <laughs> Matt Getz uh, held a seat for the Republicans, uh, crushing accused felon Rebecca Jones by better than two-to-one margin. Uh, she'll uh, be then not having to worry about uh, commuting back from D.C. to her felony trial in January. Um, and then uh, Tennessee Five, which is my old district. I was born and raised in Tennessee Five. Um, Andy Ogles will be the first Republican to represent that district ever. Mm. So 
that's a, that's interesting. There were some interesting flips. Um, mm -hmm. And meanwhile, here in the blue state of Maryland, uh, yeah, uh, I live in a deep red county, and no Republican on the local ballot uh, lost, and no okay. Democrat on the local ballot, and uh, and they were only the only Democrats on the local ballot were for one of the uh, county commissioner seats and for the nonpartisan school board where they. They weren't labeled as Democrats, but they were Democrats, mm. but all the Democrats lost. And interestingly, statewide, uh, the margins for the Democrats running for uh, office statewide was in, was always in the upper 50s to 66 uh, percent range. Uh, and in Carroll County, the best any Democrat did was just under 32 percent. So there was, you know, it's interesting living in a, a county that's so out of sync with the state. Um, mm. But then we had the generally bad performance of the Republicans nationwide. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Chuck Schumer's got a, a shot at uh, being able to run the Senate still, uh, well, which is, you know, and the bit worst part about that is two more years of uh, Biden's judges. Yeah. Well, I do want to make a remark. Um, I'd like to mention um, Warnock, uh, the whole Ebenezer Baptist scandal is getting even worse because Warnock and company at Ebenezer Baptist blew off the investigative letter that was sent them. And it's starting to look like the uh, there will actually be a subpoena. Um, there's some real issues there. I've been digging a bit on their 990s and on their registration with the state, and there's some problems here. And I don't know. I think there could be, I think that there's a fair chance that enough of this will come out um, that people are going to start looking at Warnock with uh, a bit of loathing. Yeah, this is uh, uh, this is down in Georgia where uh, mm -hmm. it looks like uh, I believe we're heading to a runoff. We have there a runoff. For the yeah. Senate seat currently held by Democrat Raphael Warnock, mm -hmm. uh, the Republican challenger, is former Heisman Trophy running back Herschel Walker. Now, mm -hmm. here's the interesting thing: um, it looks like. McConnell has finally figured out that he could wind up in the minority again. Mm -hmm. And so he's finally getting with the program about, well, let's have some support for uh, what's going on in Georgia. Kemp mm -hmm. is getting involved. Uh, this looks very good. Um, you know, but the, the whole problem with not flipping things, not having a, mm -hmm. uh, not having a, a red wave, uh, had to do with the fact that there was no united Republican platform. There Very were, and, true. And uh, the Republicans were not giving anybody anything to vote for. And so... If but it, there was so much to vote against, John. But, but, <laughs> yeah. But, yes, but, but people are But that's not more, enough to get people out, you know. Yeah, well, people, I mean, I've got people, my own explanations well, for what happened. Uh, people... Uh, uh, people uh, will come mm -hmm. out to vote for something faster than they'll come out to vote again it. Um, so th I, ha I have a theory and I'm going to hold off on it for a while. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that's ha that was interesting was out here uh, in the 6th district, which is western part of Maryland, mm -hmm. um, at the, uh, when the b votes were uh, being 
with the early voting, the Democrat was ahead yeah. uh, mm -hmm. by a huge margin off the mail-in ballots. And at the end of the day, when they counted all the votes on Election Day, he was uh, over uh, almost 4,500 votes in the whole. Uh, and that's uh, kind of interesting. And but uh, then on Thursday, well, we'll get we'll get to uh, we'll get to that uh, further down thing. But the point is, is that uh, he should have been behind uh, by more than the margin of theft. And mm -hmm. so stay tuned for a little bit later in the program. This is going to come up again uh, uh, based on uh, mail in ballots and uh, that, that have come in so far and what will happen with additional mail in ballots that uh, can come in. Uh, as long as they're postmarked on election day or, or earlier, or yeah, right. provisional va provisional ballots don't even get started on their counting until next week. So mm. we're gonna we're gonna see uh, what happens from here. Meanwhile, yeah. speaking of really ugly, ah, uh, just uh, just uh, just just north of here, Stacy, <laughs> not too far from here. Yes, uh, up across mm. that famous line. Uh, but yes, the state of Pennsylvania, and um, there was a uh, column. Uh, there was a column on Wednesday by Robert Spencer at mm -hmm. John, PJ Media, where he said, "How could John Fetterman have won? Every possible answer is bad in a different way." And 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 you know. Uh, it's a little simpler, uh, really, I think, than most people realize. What kind of people would elect John Fetterman? Uh, short answer, the kind of people who live in Philadelphia, a city that has become America's <sighs> most icely, a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Mm. What I did here was, was something that Dana Pico uh, our good friend uh, uh, taught me to do is, is first of all, to count the statewide votes. And, and of course the tallies may have changed since I uh, looked at it, but you had basically Fetterman uh, statewide with 50% and the Republicans, uh, uh, Dr. Oz with 47%. So a three, 3% margin of error. Uh, and the the uh, the actual numerical margin was somewhere around 180,000 votes statewide. But yeah, then right. you look at Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, Fetterman got 82% of the vote uh, to uh, Dr. Oz's 17%. The margin in Philadelphia alone was nearly 290,000 votes. So that the margin in Philadelphia was larger than the statewide margin, uh, meaning that without Philadelphia, the Republican wins. So what this actually means is that Philadelphia controls the whole state. Well, uh, and similarly, in 2020, uh, Biden's margin in California... Oh. was bigger than his uh, margin nationwide in terms yeah. of popular vote. Right. Yeah. Right. True. Right. And, and and so 
What we are talking about is something that I'm henceforth going to call the Philadelphia factor, uh, where piling up massive margins in urban areas mm-hmm. uh, allow it's it's not just about Pennsylvania and Philadelphia. This is everywhere, or almost mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh, wherever you find a Democrat-controlled state, what you will find is uh, a sea of red with uh, uh, puddles of uh, blue in on the map. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you can look at, for instance, if you look at uh, Minnesota and then look at the two counties that constitute Minneapolis and St. Paul, you subtract those two counties from the total and guess what? It's Republican time. So that the the urban minority effectively controls mm-hmm. the entire state. Similarly, Washington, uh, uh, the same thing. You you know, there's an arc around Puget Sound uh, because mm-hmm. of uh, Seattle and those uh, people. And then there's one county down in the south uh, that's suburban Portland. And everything mm-hmm. else is red. Yeah. Yes. And... Um, we're not supposed to uh, notice this, okay? We're, there's a lot of things we're not supposed to notice, but on uh, we uh, had uh, some problems on election night doing our uh, podcast. Yep, there, Boy, were some bandwidth, there were some bandwidth issues. Uh, too many people what? were trying to do too much. Evidently. Is that what it was? That's what it, ha- that's what it was. Oh, and it was bandwidth caused by uh, here? Or? No, 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 not here. At, at there were so many people at so many people trying to do so many things that uh, uh, there were there were issues apparently. Yeah, and I and and mm. so I remember we were watching uh, CNN. We had switched uh-huh. the TV down in the bunker over to uh, <laughs> CNN, and 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 what what David Chalian was smiling. Do you remember that? Yeah, or I, was looking at TV I remember you I, kept saying that, and I kept cringing because that told me that we were in trouble. Yeah, if the <laughs> folks on CNN are smiling on election night, Ugh. that's bad, okay? Very bad. And, and so uh, I, because um, uh, David Chalian is of Armenian extraction, I found myself very sympathetic to the Turks, okay? I, the <sighs> Ottoman Empire wasn't all bad, folks, but... Um, <sighs> But yeah, Stacey. dark humor crosses my mind as I'm as, as I'm uh, uh, looking at this, and and uh, yeah, yeah, the um, uh, the liberal Sun Sentinel newspaper uh, down in Florida. The, one of the best things, the best things on election night was that uh, uh, Republicans in Florida. And especially Ron DeSantis, one mm-hmm. big baby. I mean, yes. it was a big time. Um, well, well and, 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 and he did mm-hmm. that by offering the people something to vote for. And, yes. Uh, and, 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 you know, he flipped that state uh, from a sort of uh, uh, slightly purplish to just flat out a red state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well... Um, yeah, he carried 62 of 67 counties. Uh, he got 330,000 more votes than he did four years ago. And he, the uh, Democrat um, opponent, Charlie Crisp, um, 
got nearly 1 million fewer votes than Andrew Gillum got in 2018. We'll get to Andrew Gillum in a minute. But uh, the the other thing that is, you know, the problem is most of the Republicans are playing by the rules as they existed a generation ago. Right. Yeah. And the, but there are a few outstanding places where uh, seats got flipped mm-hmm. and even in California and one particular seat in Orange County was flipped yeah. from, from a, like uh, a thir- plus 13 for Biden to almost plus 20 for the Republican this time. And mm-hmm. guess how it was done? Harvesting mail-in votes. Oh, yes. <laughs> if you play Use their by rules the against them. That's right. That's well, the, if they're going to legalize ballot harvesting, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, go harvest, go harvest ballots for your guy, or yeah. in this yep. case, gal. Yes. Yeah. Who was that? The we, uh, Vietnamese uh, uh, Kim in uh, Orange County. Uh, but uh, so it, you know, it's you can win, and you can win with their rules. You just have to play the game better. And, and you have that, to play it hard. And you have to play to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But speaking of Andrew, uh, he oh. is making he is making oh. the most absurd claim. I mean, th- this is causing all sorts of temporal cognitive dissonance with me. Gillum has filed a uh, notice. Uh, it's with a federal uh, criminal court where he's being tried. The title of the thing is Andrew Gillum's notice of filing Donald Trump's truth social posts in support of the motion for discovery and hearing on the government selective prosecution. In other words, he's Ah. claiming that the Biden administration, the Biden administration Ah. is is prosecuting him, is selectively prosecuting him because of what uh, Trump (laughs) did in 2018. And so there's a little bit of temporal distortion going on here. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Where are the Daleks? Where do we go around crying exterminate, exterminate? (laughs) (laughs) Stacy looks perplexed by that. Doctor Who, Stacy. Good oh, heavenly okay, day. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, I'm not into this nerd stuff. You know. I'm sorry. I am a nerd from birth. <laughs> yeah, uh, there were. Um, uh, by the way, the uh, the charges against Gillum mm-hmm. uh, were mm-hmm. not filed until after the 2018. Uh, election. So, so how mm-hmm. that? It, well, this criminal case uh, uh, was uh, <laughs> that he's dealing with was filed in February of this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. February yes. of this year. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who was running the Department of Justice? Right. 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 Merrick right. Garland. <laughs> yeah. So it's like okay, uh, but I mean, you know, if everybody's trying to blame everything on Trump, both sides, by the way. Yeah, um, I've noticed that. Uh, but uh, I, and and that would led into some of my uh, further postmortem rumblings that I put up on the day after the election. Uh, Megan McArdle had a, a thing uh, about, about the Trump factor, and mm-hmm. I didn't agree with everything she was saying. But uh, 
basically, I do agree with with the third point that she made, and that is is that Trump is really uh, uh, his brand helped in the primaries when mm-hmm. you were dealing with just Republicans, but his brand hurt in the general elections because there are just too many independents and who don't and, like him. Like, well, I don't like him. I voted for him. Uh, I didn't. I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I voted against Hillary Clinton, and I voted against Joe Biden. Uh, um, I, I freely confess that else. I voted against. I didn't vote for Trump in sixteen. I mean, everybody knows that. I think at this point, um, my but I did not vote for Hillary Clinton. Oh, um, well, I wrote in. I wrote in Ted Cruz, but in twenty twenty, I freely admit I voted for Trump because little as I like the man himself and much as I, as much as I find his, his persona um, repugnant, his policies were right. And we need to go back to those policies. Yes, that's true. But uh, maybe without, but (laughs) maybe without Trump, but, but there are, there are other people who, uh, might just uh, have run things in a similar manner who I might have preferred. And mm-hmm. and uh, let me give you an example of, of how Trump's endorsements affected a primary and affected a, a general election. The Republican loss for governor in Maryland is an example, just in case mm-hmm. it's a key point. Trump backed Dan Cox in the primary, and the alternative to Tr- Cox in the primary was a rhino, who had mm-hmm. close ties to the popular sitting rhino governor. Mm-hmm. Now, Republican can't win statewide in Maryland without substantial support from the Democrats. And Cox lost by a two-to-one margin, which is essentially the ratio of Democrat to Republican registration. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, so basically all the Republicans voted for Cox, and that doesn't you... And, you know, when you're... Uh, when if you figure in the independence as well, uh, you know when your uh, your party is less than twenty five percent of the electorate carrying all of them, and none of the other people just will not get you uh, uh, elected to office. So mm-hmm. now Trump isn't solely to blame though for the poor performance of the GOP, because mm. like I've like I've been saying, uh, the Republicans never framed a coherent national uh, sales pitch. And uh, so, except in a few exceptional races, uh, they they never gave uh, the public anyone or anything to vote for. Anyway, mm. so anyway, that's. I don't uh, know. Uh, but you know, there were some flips, uh, including uh, New York seventeen. But I just checked, and Chef Boyardee was unavailable for comment on that. <laughs> yes, I yeah. liked that. I loved yeah. seeing that guy sent home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he was Sean all- Patrick Maloney, who was the mm-hmm. uh, chairman of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, mm-hmm. managed to lose to a guy that most people had never heard of. Um, and uh, the reason he lost uh, uh, was because he just took it for granted. What what happened was there was a redistricting um uh, there was a redistricting, and he had a choice of, of different districts. Go ahead. But there was another thing that helped him. Zeldin lost the race for governor. Mm-hmm. 
but he brought out Republican voters because he was a voice. You know, it was a choice, not an echo, first of all. And secondly, he was selling something positive. But he boosted, he definitely he, boosted the turnout in the Hudson Valley, Republican turnout did. in the Hudson Valley and on Long Island. Yeah. And uh, the challenger, Michael Lawler, um, uh, you know, uh, according to the last I saw, uh, won it by about 3,000 votes. It was very close, but still... Uh, what had happened was is that uh, because New York has lost population, they also lost a congressional seat. You know, if 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 Andrew Cuomo had just not killed another eighty seven uh, old folks in the old folks' home, they would have kept that seat. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, well, you know, somebody said about um, uh, uh, who uh, um, who is the uh, Hochul's challenger. Zeldin. Zeldin. Zeldin, yeah. yeah. Somebody remarked on Twitter that uh, Zeldin's winning margin moved to Florida in the past two years. And then, yeah. yeah. They yeah. went down, they moved to Florida and voted for uh, DeSantis. And, and this is something to remember is that, is that people do vote with their feet. Yep. Um, Boy, know, howdy, and, do we. And <laughs> one of the reasons some of these states, you know, it's like, uh, today I was looking at a, uh, the map, mm -hmm. and the distance from Detroit to Toledo is about an hour's drive. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's a little more than 50 miles. And so if you were in Michigan, right, living under Whitmer, you could be in wonderfully free Ohio, or mm -hmm. even better, perhaps, Indiana. Indiana is very conservative. Uh, in in just a matter of minutes, and I mm -hmm. think a lot of people just left, you know, fed up with Whitmer's nonsense, uh, just left and moved to either Ohio or Indiana, and um, you know, not to mention that some of them probably moved to Florida. But um, uh, you know, actually, but, well, a lot of the automotive industry people have moved to Kentucky, Tennessee, mm -hmm. South Carolina, and Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the way, the, among the the, uh, cat, the cats at the uh, microphone now, I uh, hear a lot mm -hmm. of Democrats who should have lost actually ended up winning. One of them, however, was not the president of United Earth. No, that's yes! true. That's true. But you know, a part of this has to do with uh, uh, the money factor. But before we get into mm. that, Stacy, we're at the bottom of the hour. Uh, yes, folks, uh, This we have reached the shameless capitalism part of the podcast where I tell you that if you will go over to my blog, theothermccain.com, uh, near the top of the center column, uh, you will find a yellow button. The, the word donate is on the yellow button. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, pesos, euros, shekels, whatever currency you've got, except Russian rubles, uh, to support the blog, uh, to support the podcast, but most importantly, to keep my wife happy because she likes it when I make money doing this. And so if you would click the yellow button and contribute, that would be very much appreciated. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's blog, 
hogwash.com. If you look in the sidebar over on the right, you'll see an icon of a tip jar. Click on that and you'll be taken away to my PayPal account where you can help support Hogwash uh, or the podcast or both. Uh, you can also shop at the Hogwash store. Scroll on down and click on the link there. Or you can shop using the Amazon links that you'll find at Hogwash. Or also you can find them at the other McCain.com. We both participate in the Amazon Affiliates Program, which uh, is a way that uh, Amazon helps to support bloggers by giving us a little cut of the action when you use those links. Regardless of how you choose to support the podcasts or the uh, blogs, Please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Indeed. And yeah. we will really appreciate your support because this inflation mm -hmm. affects not only affects the politicians and what they have to spend, but it affects us as well. Yeah. Uh, hang on. Before we get to that, I, I, I just want to congratulate um, Diana that uh, Stacey Abrams will not be your governor. I am very, very relieved by this. Any, the whole thing is, if she could have the incredible bad taste to actually encourage the all-star, the Major League Baseball to remove the uh, all-star game from Atlanta for over nothing. Right. Um, I could not. Jim this Crow woman does not. Yeah, right. Well, she doesn't belong um, governing this state, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how she, uh, uh, what the next stage of her grift is. Yeah, and well, here's the of problem: the um, her uh, Georgia, her uh, her pack that she's built, this organization she's built, is um, so openly corrupt that it's even gotten the attention of this state's law enforcement. I mean, wow. it, between her, between uh, her shenanigans and Warnock's shenanigans, um, this is going to go down in a huge implosion. I don't care. I have no good things to say about Chris Carr or anything to do with our investigative bodies. But um, this is, it, it's gotten pretty naked and blatant and people are pretty annoyed. And you know what's really... Uh kind of disgusting in a way is mm. that uh, if you look at what Warnock has done and, and the organization he's done it to, the yeah. Ebenezer Baptist Church was uh, Martin Luther, uh, Luther King's, King's pulpit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, and by the way, uh, speaking of losers and money, yes, mm. uh, Democrats wasted $77 million yes. uh, on the campaign of Robert Francis Beho O'Rourke. <laughs> Blotto. Uh, yeah, yeah, who got stomped to smithereens by about Strike nine three. points. Huh? We hope. Strike three. Yeah. We hope. <laughs> yeah, a three-time loser, Beto O'Rourke. You're out of here, man. Bye. Anyways, but uh, <laughs> speaking of inflation. Yeah, 20 more um, million bucks. I'm old enough to remember... Uh, when uh, a million dollars was yeah. uh, was a lot to spend on a congressional campaign. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it used to be, I mean, uh, congressional <clears throat> campaigns 
were not generally expensive. I mean, I'm old enough. I actually heard Dirksen say a billion here and a billion there. And pretty soon you're talking about real money. Real money. Well, anyways, um, um, I just happened to see an item at hotair.com as I was recovering from the, uh, uh, the, the election night. But anyways, and it was by John Sexton, and down toward the end of that item, he said that he had been keeping an eye on his local district. Apparently, he lives in Orange County, California. In California's 47th district, progressive rock star... Really? Uh, Katie Porter had a very narrow lead on Republican challenger Scott Ball. And by the way, it's mm. still a very narrow lead. And last time I checked, they haven't even got to 70% of the votes counted. No, now, as, they far as, as far as rock star, Stacey, uh, the only rock star that this reminds me of is Mama Cass. Or Meatloaf, perhaps. But uh, Well, let me put it this way. I, I do have one query for you. Uh, given the ladies... Um, she, and she's wearing purple, which is quite frightening. But anyway, um, given the lady's uh, girth, body type and, and girth, and uh, you called her a pudgy dumpling. I, I go with, I, I, but once you've said dumpling, I don't think you need pudgy. This is just perhaps a taste matter. <laughs> okay. Well, well, at any rate, uh, 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 <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to say I want to say something, but I, I, I'm going to I'm trying to think of <laughs> some of them playing the dozens back in the day. Your mama's so fat. But no, anyway, let's not do this. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Katie Porter uh, mm. uh, and uh, spent uh, twenty four million dollars. Good on Lord. her house raise. However, this was not the most expensive house race in the country. And it's astonishing um, uh, the amount. But I, I began, you know, who is this person, this uh, uh, Katie Porter? And I just had some vague impression of her. And it turns out that she is a, a, a protege of Senator Elizabeth Warren, who was... Uh, her professor at Harvard Law School. Um, to go by the smile, the 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 grimace that you see on uh, Elizabeth Warren's face, I'd say she doesn't like her very much. Well, I I, I don't know. I I I, I don't want to get uh, personal there, <laughs> but but here's how it is. In in uh, 2012. Porter was appointed to be the state's independent monitor of banks mm -hmm. in a nationwide $25 billion mortgage settlement. Guess who appointed Porter to that post? It was California Attorney General Kamala Harris. So uh, she certainly she has some, that position. Well, she's got some uh, strong connections is, is oh, my yeah. point. And, the, and uh, I go into a little bit uh, at my blog explaining how she got those connections. Uh, <laughs> a little small town girl from Iowa. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
anyways, but uh, but the money, um, uh, her opponent raised two point seven million dollars and was outspent nine to one by the Democrat. Um, yeah. You know, and and when you start looking at races coast to coast, one of the things you figure out is that there were no districts, right, mm. where the Republicans significantly outspent Democrats, okay? Wow. Uh, everywhere that Republicans went, uh, the Democrats were right there matching them at least dollar for dollar, Um and and you know a lot of people are running around trying to you know trying to blame Trump oh Trump Ooh. Trump Trump or they want to blame Kevin McCarthy or Mitch McConnell they want to blame somebody on our side okay because it it I have never seen Republicans lose an election and not react to it with the circular firing squad it always happens this way and and so but and i would like people to pay attention to the money problem we have you know and i um and i can't figure out who are these uh big money fat cats uh, who want the socialists in charge? You know, it's it's like I I I, I conjured up the the image of a kinky BDSM <laughs> scene where the corporate CEOs are kneeling before leather-clad Mistress Katie, begging her, demonize me in your rhetoric, destroy my business with regulations, tax me more, please. Actually. They uh, think they're immune. They they have it in their heads that they're immune. They're they're the uh, they're Lenin's they sell us the, of the ropes. universe. Yeah. Well, they well, think that that um, they're Lenin's. Uh, they'll sell us the ropes with which they will be hanged. Yeah. Well, that and there's there that's where the money is coming from, mm -hmm. but the foot soldiery is coming from a group that have been described as awfuls. Uh, did, I, yes. did I hear a, a sigh there from the other uh, 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 microphone? Um, it's sorry, but yes. It's sorry I am, but yes, I agree. Yes. I don't know how these young people under 30 are unaware of the fact that they have, according to these people who they are... Uh, putting in as their rulers they have no future well but you see the thing is awfuls in this case stands for um affluent white mm -hmm. okay feminist liberals liberals yeah. and they okay. have no future according to the people they want as their overlords well they have well they have no future because they have no future if you look at the disparity in voting uh, mm -hmm. Married men were overwhelmingly Republican this election. Yes. Married women were significantly Republican this yep. election. Uh, uh, single men were significantly Republican this mm -hmm. election. Ma uh, single women were overwhelmingly Democrats. I and, know. And uh, they have bought in to this awful uh, uh feminist uh, liberalism and the thing is they're voting uh, not they're voting for their surrogate husband 
Yes, yeah. they are. And the disastrous Ace. thing here, the disastrous thing is that um, general, okay, um, I have a friend who jokes that um, her, her cat, her kitten showed up on her doorstep two weeks, a week before her uh, 30, 30th birthday with the words, hello, you appear to be 30 and unmarried. You need a cat. Um, and, you know, it's, it's like, the problem is that this young lady, I, I will eventually find the correct person and get married and be happy. But a lot of people out there, a lot of young women out there have wasted their 20s and their 30s and they're entering their 40s with no prospect of what amounts to a future. They have a career, but they don't have a future. When they leave that career, when they retire, what do they have? Where do they go? What happens? Yeah. Well, and it, well, and it's one thing to have a cat; it's something else to have grandchildren. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I'm not going to have grandchildren since I have no children. But on the other hand, um, I'm honorary auntie to an awful lot of people. That's right, and and the point is, is that. Uh, and, and you have someone that you are sharing your life with. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, and more than anything else, being a widower, that's what I miss, is having someone to share yeah. life with. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's the way these people are voting. Uh, and speaking of votes, and just like that, mm. the vote tally in Maryland's 6th District flipped. Um, That's just so weird. There's not enough votes. That doesn't well, make sense. Well, no, actually, if you look at the number of votes that ha have been counted, they've all been counted in uh, no, none of the counties in the district other than Montgomery County have started counted mail-in votes. Mm -hmm. And the number of mail-in votes that they've counted so far is almost 22,000. And they're mm -hmm. running about the same ratio of uh uh, Democrat to Republican votes. It's the previous mail-in votes. So there's, so assuming they're valid votes, uh, that there's roughly the same sampling of, of opinion. And you wind up with, uh, all of a sudden, uh, there are almost 6,000 votes uh, lead for the uh, Democrat. Um, and doesn't matter what happens when you start counting the provisional votes uh, in the, uh, and the mail-in votes in, in the other counties. There aren't going to be uh, enough votes to flip it. And um, this is, the you know, er, like I've been saying, everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. You've yeah. got a bunch of people who, who were playing the playbook from a, de a decade ago or a generation ago when the rules have changed, right? And Republicans mm -hmm. are just going to have to learn to play by the new rules. You're not going to yeah. like it when we start at playing for real, guys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there, there's lots of people de having to deal with disappointment, um, in, including uh, Mr. Putin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Can I just say a couple things here? Please. Um, the whole thing is I watched, I was watching from um, about mid October the various things that were being floated diplomatically and uh, propagandistly. Um, 
from uh, various Russian sources. And um, first there was the, oh, the Ukrainians are going to blow the dam and um, flood uh, flood the Dnieper, to which my response was, then why are you withdrawing to the left bank? Because it's where the floodplain is. The bluffs are on the other side. What are you thinking? No, this doesn't work. And no. so everybody else thought pretty much the same thing. Um, and then we had the, uh, the, the, uh, dirty bomb false flag thing. And I'm like, oh, guys, please, you know, I'm sorry. The Ukrainians actually want to like live here in the, in the future. So that doesn't make the slightest sense. And so I'm waiting to see what's going to happen. Now, the other thing that I am, I just have to comment on is, have you been following the absolutely fascinating disappearance of um, various intelligence people, uh, high-level uh, military staff people who should have known better? And, oh, yeah, the quartermasters and logistics people are disappearing in job lots. Hmm. In other words, um, I think what what Putin is planning after this withdrawal from Kherson, which by the way, is a great humiliation. It's, it's definitely a humiliation, but what I'm thinking is going to happen. They're going to spend all winter trying to consolidate, rebuild, rearm. And I think the other thing they're going to try to do is find somebody competent. <laughs> I wish them luck with that. They have, they are so deeply corrupt that I don't think there is any uh, competence left. Uh, Zhukov, Zhukov left this, a building. Yeah. Well, Zhukov has been gone a very long time. Well, what, what we're talking about folks and, and you know, I, in case you've been buried in a hole somewhere this past week, the, uh, <laughs> uh, Late this week, uh, Russia completed its withdrawal, complete withdrawal from Kherson and the Kherson. West Bank or or right North Bank. Bank, depending on which way you're looking at it. Uh, let, let, let me just of uh, the the Dnieper River. Okay, Dnieper. D the the main river, mm -hmm. of, of, the of river U of Ukraine is the Dnieper. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it comes down to the Black Sea. At Curzon, mm -hmm. it, it, it Curzon therefore is a major port for the same reason New Orleans is. You, the grain barges come down the river, right? Yes, and and they also can come to Odessa, but uh, well, that, yeah, but, but you but kind the, of. But, <laughs> but the way that the way stuff really moves is that it goes to Curzon. Uh, uh, so Kersan. this is uh, this is this is like. In the Civil War, when New Orleans fell, it was not a good day for the Confederacy. No, the uh, Confederacy and, kind of said, oh, that hurts. <laughs> yes, and it's the same sort of thing here. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, you know, the Russians are in a heap of trouble. But the <sighs> other thing that happens is this, this moves about 25 or 30 miles further Mm -hmm. uh, 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 to the east where you, you can set up uh, good uh, positions uh, for artillery, which, yes. means, which means that all of Crimea is now within range of multiple rocket launch systems. 
Yes, yes, they, it is. But the big thing to note here is that how willing are the Ukrainians to bombard Crimea? Crimea historically is this, is this rich little enclave, this sleepy, rich. Uh, it, it, it's well, going to be hard to, to do that, I think. All, but, well, but basically it takes, for example... Uh, all it take all the ports, mm-hmm. uh, all the bridge connection uh, mm-hmm. uh, across the mouth of the Sea of Azov. All that is now within land-based artillery range. Indeed, uh, it is these rocket <laughs> systems, and so basically, it, they can shut off mm-hmm. the logistics supply to Crimea now. Well, it's been such a mess already that I I think that's a bit of a joke. But okay, the <laughs> You're right. um. The, uh, you know, there are good retreats and bad retreats. And I, I have to say that um, for Russia, this was a good retreat. That it is was. to say that they were able to get out, as far as we know, all their men and equipment in an orderly manner. And of course, what I had hoped for and in, in going back for weeks, I had hoped that somehow uh, that the Ukrainian forces could could strike to the river and cross over in the rear of, of Kherson and and cut off the retreat for, for those forces in Kherson. But I suppose if they're willing to leave peacefully, um, uh, you know, that the Ukrainians will be happy to see them go. But it, it, mm-hmm. once they get a river between themselves, once the Russians get a river mm-hmm. between themselves and the Ukrainians, uh, it, it tends to uh, freeze in place the positions, as is the well, it's case. November. What? But it's November. Yeah, everything is going to freeze in place. It. Um, besides which, have you been? Uh, if you observe, um, the Ukrainians have been basically pinning, um, using um, their forces to pin the Russian positions in place while they use their special forces to do uh, deep strikes in Russia on uh, logistic uh, strong points and ammunition. Uh, Any time they try to bring ammunition and other logistical supplies forward, the uh, Ukrainians have been doing a brilliant job of blowing them up yeah, and otherwise ruining them. So um, this is all a, at this point, what we're doing, what, what we're doing is um, we're kibitzing. Um, uh, what the Russians are going to do and what the Ukrainians are going to do. I think um, your idea about that, that would have been a brilliant stroke, but um, the way that this demoralization is being spread into the rear areas is maybe even a better thing. Here's what I don't know. Ha- no, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Uh, mm. This is the, If you think about Russian military history, this is the I, battle- this is the Battle of Stalingrad coming up this winter, but the Russians are on the other side now. I don't even think I don't think the Ukrainians are going to bother with playing uh, with uh, playing uh, Soviets uh, in 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 uh, Stalingrad. No, 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 no. It, uh, the more Germans were killed by cold and starvation, I and I think well, that's yeah. what's gonna, I, I think that's. I think that's going to uh, be, uh, those two will be Ukrainian allies this winter. Met- well, well, considering well, well, Russian logistics. Yes, that's what I'm saying. On the other hand, 
we still have comedy. It's <laughs> uh, and and uh, but comedy comedy isn't appreciated the way it was when I was a kid. And apparently, <laughs> the writers for Saturday Night Live tonight are not going to participate <laughs> because. David Chappelle is going to be the host. So, so you're saying that the writers who've been writing all those jokes that aren't actually funny yeah. are boycotting because someone who's actually funny is on the show. Well, yes. One of the, but see, and one of them, there's this great quote from uh, one of the writers. Uh, I am trans and non-binary. I use they, them pronouns. Transphobia is murder and should be condemned. Are you a bit of a hysteric, dearie? Well, <laughs> here's the thing. I'm so old that I when that I remember when transphobia meant that you were afraid of uh, Megatron. Ah! <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, you know. Uh, it, it, uh, speaking of transphobia, here's one that I'm afraid of. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yes, Stacey, uh, it's time for you to talk about the danger that can be uh, inflicted on us by crazy people. Crazy <sighs> people are dangerous. I've said it hundreds of times uh, and, and warned you folks, but uh, mm -hmm. the headline on the post today was crazy people are dangerous. Transgender influencer arrested after getting naked causing disturbance at Miami <laughs> Hotel. And this involves Nicholas Wynn, uh, a.k.a. Nikita Dragon, who was arrested Monday at a posh Miami hotel um, and charged with felony battery on a police officer after she caused a disturbance at the hotel. Uh, according to reports, and this is, these are allegations, I don't want to uh, uh, get a libel suit going here, but uh, uh, Nikita Dragon was naked in the pool area and had been engaging in disorderly conduct before police were called. When they arrived, police went to the room where Nikita Dragon was staying and were spat on. Uh, by mm. the defendant. Uh, this was first reported by TMZ with the usual let's play along with the delusions, female pronouns, and Time Magazine is upset because Nikita Dragon was quote-unquote misgendered in the arrest affidavit. And uh, uh, this person uh, is 26 years old. And uh, they have been a um, popular beauty influencer on YouTube, <sighs> as well as TikTok, Instagram, um, Twitter. Uh, has has something a, a combined twenty nine million followers on on social media. Um, uh, but her, I'm quoting here from Time Magazine. You're him. Yeah, quote, her. <laughs> her candor about her transition oh. and popular makeup videos have helped her to amass a following. Um, uh, last year, Dragon 
revealed her struggles with her mental health to her followers on social media. The beauty influencer <coughs> uploaded a post to Instagram in which she said that she was involuntarily committed to a psychiatric facility for eight days following a manic episode on Thanksgiving Day. Now, folks, I, I, I've got to tell you that inpatient treatment uh, for uh, mental health is a rarity these days. Uh, yes. Uh, they try to, what they try to do with these people is to get them to take medication and stuff mm -hmm. like this. Eight days in the loony bin is what we're talking. Involuntarily committed. Well, Baker Act. Yeah, but basically what happens okay. is the 72 hour hold got extended uh, because uh, there was something to investigate. Yeah, you know, well, this, this person needs a lot of love, support, and care for their mental condition, not to be quote unquote gender affirmed. I don't think injecting this person with a whole bunch of cross sex hormones is doing them any favors. Yeah, Good I, heavenly I, I, I spent a little time. Uh, researching this person and uh, that lifestyle has never been a good lifestyle and 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 mm. the fact that you're making money off of it from social media uh, does not make it a better lifestyle and mm -mm. Uh, uh, but anyways they people were upset because Nikita Dragon was supposedly held in a men's prison Nope. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, but they her spokesman tells TMZ that Nikita Dragon is in a safe environment addressing her mental health. And I said, mm. by being in a safe environment, of course, they mean strapped in a straitjacket, locked in a padded room and injected with Thorazine, which is yeah. where they should be. But I hear the boogie woogie piano in the background which tells me we're approaching the end of the other podcast. So we will be back next Saturday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you want to catch us live, you can always download from the archive. And thank you for joining us, Diana. As always, I'm happy to do so. Good night, Diana. Good night, Stacy. Good, Good night, night, folks. Mr. Briggs.